Turn in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 23, verse 23. A passage we've all heard and quoted many times. Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. Let us pray. We thank thee, our Heavenly Father, for granting us another opportunity to come into this thine house and come before thy throne of grace. We know that you need all, know all of our needs and our problems and how to provide our needs for our needs. Guide us as a church in the way of truth and in the work you'd have us to do. Guide us in the, the, the business meeting later on today. Heal us of our infirmities. Grant repentance and faith to those that are lost. Keep your protective hands upon us. We pray for our country that you would have mercy upon it. We pray that we'd be found worthy to escape the coming tribulation and stand before the Son of Man. Keep us faithful to thee, Father. Open our ears and our eyes and our understanding now. Help us to exalt Christ above every, his name above every name, that you'd receive the honor and the glory. For it's in Christ's name, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we ask, and amen. There's much to say about the truth. What we're going to be studying for some time is the writings of Solomon, which I'm titling the Big E, E for emotion, E for economics, E for education, and on and on you can go. Lastly, E for eternity. These things are the truth of truths of God's word. Solomon, as I mentioned earlier today, was quoted in our articles of faith one time where he said in Proverbs 16 and 4, God has created all things for himself. The chief study in this lesson is that we don't become like Solomon. For in the book of Ecclesiastes, the first chapter, well, the first verse and the second verse, the words, the words of the preachers, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, the saith the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. We don't want to become like that. Solomon had it all. So he teaches us a lot of. It teaches us how to get along with people. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 33, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Solomon, as I said, is quoted one time in our Articles of Faith. Like I say, we don't want to become like Solomon. In the book of Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, which is 
present day prophecy <clears throat> in Ezekiel 37 and verse 13. This is when the prophet was told to prophesy unto the bones, the, the dry bones. In verse 13, And ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves. The man's prone to unbelief. But when this comes to pass, man will have no excuse I mean, and the fact that we preach the gospel and we preach repentance, that God will bring all of our works to light. When we see he is who he said he was, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened up your grace. When this was brought to pass, then people will see that it was indeed the man we call Jesus Christ, uh, whom is who is the Lord with whom we have to do. <clears throat> Verse 23, Neither shall they defile themselves any more with their idols, or with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions. I will save them out of all their dwelling places, wherein they have sinned and will cleanse them and so shall they be my people and I will be their God. Everything that the Lord has said will come to pass that either has come to pass or will come to pass. This is, like I say, end times. Up until this time, he's never been found to be wrong once. If he was found to be wrong once, it would be a lot of great concern. But this passage we're talking about in Ezekiel, the vision of the Valley of Dry Bones, talks about Ezekiel, the warfare and where Israel is going to be once again a great army. Deuteronomy chapter 23 and 13 these things will make sense as we get into them. Deuteronomy 23 and 13. And thou shalt have a paddle upon thy weapon, and it shall be when thou shalt ease thyself abroad, thou shalt dig therewith and turn back and cover that which cometh from thee. That's going to, I mean, God walked among them presently. Our God with whom we have to do is at the right hand of the Father. He will walk bodily among them as he did in days of old. And he is of pure eyes than to behold inequity. He will not tolerate uncleanness. He will not, he will not tolerate sin. Things are going to change drastically. In the book of First Timothy, chapter six, like I say, well, these things I'll try to bring them all together. We're going to be studying the writings of Solomon. Verse 
1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. What happened to Solomon? He wasn't to, to multiply riches, and he did. Wasn't not, was not to multiply wives, and he did. The wine, women, and song, as we would call it, led to his undoing in a sense in 1st Kings chapter 4 verse 34 long story short man has made a mess of things why how's he made a mess of things being given too much authority you might say 1 Kings 4.34 And there came all the people to hear the wisdom of Solomon and all the kings of the earth which had heard his wisdom. Now what we read there in Ezekiel is exactly what it ends up. Solomon repented in his old age. But we see what happened to him. Chronicle speaks about it still here in First Kings, over in chapter ten. Verse twenty three. So King Solomon exceeded all the kings of the earth for riches and for wisdom. And we've seen in Ezekiel where it ended up. Chapter 11, But King Solomon loved many strange women, together with the daughter of Pharaoh, men, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonians, and Hittites. Verse 7, Then did Solomon build a high place for Chemosh and the abomination of Moab in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for Molech, and for the abomination of the children of Ammon. Down in verse 9, And the Lord was angry with Solomon, because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which he had appeared unto him twice. Where did things go wrong? Well, where did they go wrong for the first king of Israel? Over in First Samuel chapter 5. First Samuel chapter five, verse seventeen. We see how they end up bad. How they started off pretty good. First Samuel fifteen and verse seventeen. I'm still in the wrong chapter. And this is Samuel speaking to Saul, the first king of Israel. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord, Lord anointed thee to king over Israel. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners of the Amalekites and fight against them until they be consumed. 
Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? Solomon disobeyed and rebelled. Saul rebelled. Verse 22, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than to sacrifice, to hearken than the fat of rams. It all went downhill. Man is an emotional creature. If you give him everything he wants, it, he will usually, well, not nine times out of ten, but ten times out of ten, make a mess of things. That's the reason that the Almighty doesn't trust us all with great amount of wealth. Look at those that have all the wealth. Would you want to live like they do? I, I don't think I'd care much for it. With Solomon, we see where it happened. We've looked at the first king of Israel many times, King Saul. His end was he was going to a witch for wisdom, the witch at Endor. How does these things apply to us today? Well, Solomon wrote, as we read about humility, before honor is humility. Stay humble. I mean, that's the best advice we can always take is keep ourselves humble. I don't. don't I just read that. I think it's in. The, Uh, I forgot where I read it. It's in chapter 15, I believe. But nevertheless, we live in a society that we call democratic. Always fighting and bickering. And in fact, both sides cannot have their way unless we all want the same things. We cry against slavery, but we're content with a slave labor of manufacturing our clothes in China and producing all of our other goods. The sad thing is, we've made a mess of things. Why is it that when you get laborers, most of the time they're from Mexico? It's because nobody wants to work anymore. It's, it's kind of the way it seems to be. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and 10. First Corinthians 1 chapter, chapter 1 verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now we've already looked at what happens if these things are not obeyed? Talking about Solomon. If you look there in the book of Ecclesiastes again, the second chapter, verse 1, 
I said in my heart, Go now, I will prove thee with mirth, that's joy. Therefore enjoy pleasure, and behold, this also is vanity. And I said of laughter, it is mad, and mirth, what doth it? I sought in my heart to give myself into wine, yet acquainting my heart with wisdom, and lay hold on folly. And to lay hold on folly, that I, till I might see what was good for the sons of men. Boy, did he ever. To fear God and keep his commandments. That's what it's good for the sons of men. That was his final conclusion in the very last verse of this book of Ecclesiastes. Verse 4, I made me great works. I builded me houses. I planted vineyards. I made gardens and orchards. I planted trees and in them all kinds of fruits. I made me pools of water. Verse 7, I got me servants and manservants and servants born in my house. We could go on and on, but for the sake of time, we won't. A long story short, verse 10, Whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy, and my heart rejoiced in all my labor. This was my portion of all my labor. Then I looked on all the works of mine hands that wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. That's what we end up with given everything. Man needs what he needs. He does not need all the gold because we know man can't take it with him. Those that are in good health are much better off than those with all kinds of money and doctors to take it all away from them. The fact is we cannot have everything. If you, I mean, what did we learn about the Lord this morning? Whoever loves their son or daughter more than the Lord's not worthy of him. We must put him first. The world has its religion. It puts that they put it first. It's the religion of pleasure. Gospel of John, the fifteenth chapter, the sixteenth verse. I mean, I'm just going over things that we all know to be true. John fifteen and sixteen. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he shall give it you. That's what's good for man. We have not chosen him, he chose us. That we should bring forth fruit. What was it that Christ told those that he sent? I think the 70 he sent to come back talking about even the spirits had, they had authority over the spirits. Verse 17 of Luke 10, And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto the, us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. 
Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you, notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. That's what man really needs. And only God has it to grant. God is a monarch. He rules all things his way. If the, all the people look at the world, they say, it doesn't seem to be going in the right path. It's going exactly how his word declared it would go before time even was. Philippians chapter 2 verse 4 Philippians 2 and 4 This is how we should be Well let's look at verse 3 Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves I don't think that was Solomon I don't think that was Saul I think they put themselves first. Look not on every man, look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of the others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, as we mentioned a while ago, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. We're to be in for, we're to be conformed to the image of Christ. These things do apply. In the military, the soldiers, they don't look out for themselves in battle. They look out for the, the other fellow soldiers. Now, our nature is we want to be great and do great things, but we cannot do great worldly things and do great spiritual things because one's diverse from the other. As I said, we cannot have everything. You cannot have the things of the world and the things of the Lord. Christ, the rightful king of Israel, and the whole world for that matter, put first things first. When he came the first time, it was to redeem man from man's sins. We just read there, from Philippians chapter 2 verse 7 but made himself of no reputation and took up on him the form of a servant, servant and was made in the likeness of men now, that's what we're to be conformed to to become servant as as we know it's man's nature to teach children to become adults the things of God teaches adults to become like children and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even as the death of the cross. Solomon and Saul, that was not them. We see a great contrast here between Christ, the rightful king, and the first king, and the most glamorous king. Now maybe all it fits together fairly well. Looking back on our childhood when things were simple we were carefree my wife always likes to look at going over hills just like she's going over it on a bicycle and we all done those things 
ride a bicycle over hills is real fun. It wasn't too fun going up it, but it's fun coming down. We had had it good and didn't know it. But when you grow up, you cannot ride the bicycles up and down hills. You, you have to, we have to work and pay our bills. We cannot play sports like we used to because, as the saying goes, when the breadwinner gets hurt, everybody suffers. 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. That's something we all probably need to ask ourselves every day. Have we put away the childish things? Christ taught similar principles. And, of course, he was the great teacher. Needless to say, there was none greater. Matthew chapter 6, verse 32. <clears throat> well, let's start in verse 27. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? And why take ye thought of for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like unto one of these. Now Solomon did not have the cars with the air conditioners like we have in them. So in a lot of ways we're better off than Solomon. Verse 30, Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Man don't have a lot of faith. Solomon and Saul both would have changed things differently had their faith been right. And I'm not saying ours is much better. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, considered dogs. <clears throat> For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is evil thereof. The first advent of Christ, as I made mention a minute ago, was to take care of man's greatest need. He couldn't come to reign as king when man still had this problem of sin. His kingdom is going to be righteous. Yeah, but sinners are going to be born into it. There's going to be a lot of people there with glorified bodies, I think, also. Man was unfit and, and still is unfit in himself to stand in God's presence. We think about Luke's gospel, the 16th chapter. We read about Lazarus, how he was taken to Abraham's bosom, but he was not permitted in to, to stand in God's presence until Christ ascended first, that we know from the book of Ephesians. In the, well, we made mention of, earlier Isaiah chapter 6 
how the prophet was in God's presence and said, Woe is me. You turn over to the book of Zechariah, the third chapter. You see something very similar. Had they, that is Saul and Solomon, taken this into account that God, all things are open unto God, they would have acted differently. Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1, And he showed me Joshua the high priest. Now, a while ago, he's looking at the prophet. This is the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan, even the Lord that hath chosen Israel rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. Now that gets back to the filthy mess at the, the, the tombs there in the valley of the, what's called the vision of dry bones. God's going to clean that mess up. He will have in his kingdom a holy people, a healthy people, and a happy people. It's going to be cleanliness. The Almighty God would not dwell with fallen man. What happened in the Garden of Eden? He cast man out of the garden. God will have his way in all these things. He still had to deal, deal with man's sins first. And that's where the blood of the innocent blood of God's Lamb was required. Over in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1, verse 19. Well, verse 18. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. Now, hold on a minute. The gold's going to line the pathways, the walkways of the of heaven it's going to be just considered pavement for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers gold being the most valuable and precious of all the material is considered pavement in Emmanuel's land I'm not talking about Israel, I'm talking Jerusalem, I'm talking about the new Jerusalem. But verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Solomon needed it, we need it, Saul needs it. How could sinful man dwell in the presence of a thrice holy God anyway? We long to hear, enter into the kingdom that I've prepared you. But some are going to hear, depart from me, ye workers of inequity, for I never knew you. Second Corinthians, 
we've often probably could quote this passage now. Second Corinthians chapter five, where he made him to be sin for us. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse eighteen. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to Himself. He had to do that too. As said. The salvation of man was very complex as far as God's concerned, but as far as we're concerned, we simply take it by faith. Those that have not made a profession of faith, do you think there's any other Savior? There is none other but Christ. All things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given us given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That's what our ministry is all about. Our ministries of grace. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. This is what we're to be. Glorify Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled unto God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. This is God's justice. Sin must always be atoned for. He will not tolerate any. Either it's paid for by the sinner or the sinner's substitute. The innocent is being substituted for the guilty. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, a few pages back, verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. All of us are going to be changed. These bodies, talking to Brother Eddie, will we know others? And we will, will we be known? As Paul made mention of that. cannot go beyond it. What does this mean to the child of faith? Galatians chapter 3 verse 1 through 7. I mean, we think about preaching. First Corinthians calls us, tells us God chose saved man by the foolishness of preaching. Not word for word. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth crucified among you? This only would I learn of you received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Faith is so much simpler. We're not under law, we're under f grace. Grace is a great thing. Are you so foolish having to begun in the Spirit and now have been made perfect in the flesh? 
the body's going back to the dust. We all know that. <clears throat> Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministered unto you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith, even as Abraham believed God, and it, his faith, that is, was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. For the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. For by grace are ye saved through faith. It's that simple. Now, man has his opinions and his thoughts, but it always gets back to, well, Solomon and Saul had their opinions and their thoughts, and we see what where they ended up. Man's problems is the same as it was Christ's first advent. Man's a sinner and in need of a Savior. We think about the thief on the cross. Wasn't baptized. We read nothing of it. Judas probably was. How dare some look to baptismal regeneration? Once again, we look to Christ. Acts chapter 15, verse 5. <clears throat> but there arose up certain of the sect of Pharisees which believed, saying that it was needful for to circumcise him and to command him to keep the law of Moses. We could go no farther. As I mentioned earlier, Paul fought these sayings his whole ministry. Man, as we well know, is to repent and believe the gospel. Getting back to man's emotion, there's a thing called religion, and man being a religious person by nature, emotion figures high. There are people called the Pentecostals. They like a big show, and there's others. We read about pure religion and undefiled in the book of James. As I go over there and read it. Emotion. Well, we're all subject to emotion. Verse 26 of James chapter 1. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceive his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. And that's a very tough task to do. Religion has its relationship with emotion. The Muslims cry out, God is good, each time they fire a weapon at an enemy. That does not sound like a good religion that I would want to be a part of. 
over in the book of First Chronicles. I've got this in my notes. Uh, First Chronicles chapter 13. And if you look at the whole Old Testament, war plays a big part of it. Man is emotional. He gets uh, over-emotional sometimes. That leads oftentimes to problems. First Chronicles chapter 13. In verse 9, And they came to the threshing floor of Chidon. Uzzah put forth his hand to hold the ark, for the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and he smote him because he put his hand to the ark, and there he died before the Lord. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah. Therefore, the place is called Pharaoh's Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of God that day, saying, How shall I bring the ark of God home to me? Now, they had been taught the law from their youth. That ark was not to be touched by only just a select few people. What I'm talking about is letting emotion get in your way. Well, we could sum up this whole lesson in what we actually have already read there in the book of 1 Samuel. And we'll read it again and we'll close. That is if I can find it. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse... 22. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than the sacrifice and the sacrifice and the fat of rams. Saul, the first king, did not obey. Solomon, the great worldly king, did not obey. Do we obey? Keep a check on our emotions. Before we will wear a crown, we must bear a cross. We are to be obedient to that command. Over in the book of uh, Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verse 5. <clears throat> For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Now, the world doesn't see any beauty in this. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him and that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is free from sin. Now, the world, and we're all this way, none of us want to die, at least not right at the moment. The world wants to take care of the body as long as it can. It does not see spiritual things. It does not understand them. That's our nature. 
But nevertheless, as it says, if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. 2 Timothy chapter 2. These are spiritual things. Second Timothy chapter two verse twelve. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also or excuse me, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. We think, oftentimes we say Judas betrayed him. Do we betray him or do we obey him? It's all that I have. Let us have a hymn.